0: Shabbat shalom, everyone. Glad to be joining with you. Before we begin our Torah study today, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. One sided thinking can limit us, and there's a better way of thinking. And we're going to take some time to learn about it in our Torah study today. And we're going to start with a question that is addressed in a couple of verses in this week's Torah portion how to value something. So I would encourage you to turn in your Bibles or flip or however you get to your Bibles these days to Leviticus chapter 27. Verses 12 and 14, we're going to look at these two relatively obscure verses that give us something that's very powerful. Verse 12, the Kohen is to set a value on it in relation to its good and bad points. The value set by the Kohen, the priest, will stand. And then verse 14, slightly different circumstance, but similar in how it's approached when a person consecrates his house to be holy for adonai the kohen is to set a value on it in relation to its good and bad points the value set by the kohen the priest will stand and so i want to emphasize this phrase in relation to its good and bad points the priest needed to consider the good and the bad points and when you think about how to evaluate this is very useful for us the priest was instructed to evaluate by looking at both sides to assess the strengths and the weaknesses the positives and the negatives the virtues and the deficiencies. Now, I can say this for myself, maybe you can echo it for yourself. I've made some bad decisions when I only looked at the good points or the good side of something and I didn't pay attention to the other side. That minimizes the bad points It effectively reckons them as having zero bad points now, if you know me well, you know my Hebrew name, David ben Beryl Halevi, David, son of Beryl, the Levite. And we Levites have to learn this lesson. The Levites and the Kohenim were given certain responsibilities. And the lesson is to look at both the positive and the negative. And I want to emphasize this today because it can be very useful not just to Levites, not just to Kohenim, but to everyone. There is a better way... Of thinking than one sided thinking. And we'll look at this principle a few different ways. And here's an example of thinking about only the good part of the good old days. It's in Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. Now, if you're participating in Facebook Live and you're using the comment section, I encourage you to uh, put the scripture citations so that other people who are uh, joining in can see them. Numbers 11, verses 4 through 6. And some of you can even copy and paste into the comments the actual scripture so that people have a reference. That's useful for people who are participating right now And it's also useful for people who will watch this later numbers 11 starting in verse 4 the mixed multitude with them began to crave other food and again the israelites started wailing and said if only we had meat to eat we remember the fish we ate in egypt at no cost and also, mm, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Verse six, but now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. What were the people saying? Ah, the good old days. Free fish, delicious cucumbers, wonderful melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. Oh, But that type of thinking, that one-sided thinking, ignored the terrible parts of the past in Egypt, the slavery, the cruelty, the suffering, the violence against the children. And it's also a problem when we only focus on the bad side. And that's what happened to the children of Israel at another moment. It's recorded in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices. They wept aloud. It's because they heard about the great challenges that they would face when they went into the promised land. Verse 2. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt You see, they were only seeing the bad, and that can cause people to give up before they even get started. It causes people to forget the vision for the future, and it causes people to do all sorts of dramatic and strange and wrong things. Well, these are just two examples of the way that one-sided thinking can defeat us. The Kohenim were taught to look at both sides, the positive and the negative points, in order to assess and evaluate correctly. And now I want to shift gears just a bit. I hope that you can follow with me. When we're making assessments and evaluations, we often need to look at a number of factors, not just one. And I'll give an example from an experience that Sandy and I had uh, years ago when we were in Israel. We were traveling around and visiting with many different Messianic congregations and many different leaders. And again and again, we heard something like this. We found the key it's all about. And then you could fill in the blank with one thing. We found the key. It's all about worship, someone said. One group said this. It's all about prayer, another group said. It's all about 24-hour prayer, another group said. It's all about faith, another group said. Again and again, we heard this kind of opinion. It's all about just one thing. And here's what Sandy and I realized. There were many different things that were mentioned, and they all had value. And we thought it was a mistake to think that there was just one key, that there was only one key. Worship. Yes, of course, worship is important, but we don't worship worship. Prayer. Also important. Yes. Faith. Yes. Jewishness? Yes. Jewish traditions? Yes. Torah? Yes. Shabbat? Yes. Holidays? Yes. Study? Yes. Fellowship? Yes. Hospitality? Yes. Also important. Acts of mercy? Yes. Authority? Yes. Leadership? Yes. You see, all of these and even more are important and, and we believe Each one of them works together. And by the way, the list that I just went through, it's not an exhaustive list. It's simply an example of the kinds of things that we were hearing from people where they were saying, we found the one key. One of the distinctives at Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue is that we want all these different qualities and more to be included and emphasized in our vision and in our direction. Of course, it's easier to be a one-trick pony, to do one thing well, and that's okay for sometimes in some situations, but we want more than that. Let's look at another example where one-sided thinking is incomplete. Yeshua was asked a question, what's the greatest commandment? And when he answered he gave two commandments, the first to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and the second to love your neighbor as yourself. The two go together. Now, some people will say, it's all about the Lord. That's the key. It's all about the Lord. And other people will listen to that. They'll nod their heads. Yeah, they'll smile in agreement because it sounds Very correct and spiritual, but it's not the answer Yeshua gave. It's about the Lord and about people. Loving the Lord and loving people. The two sides go together. Now here's another example. Some will say, it's all about faith. Faith alone, this is the key. But the apostles gave a different answer. James, or Yaakov as was actually his name, um, James chapter 2, starting in verse 18, gives his answer. And he starts with this. Someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. And then here's James' response. Show me your faith without deeds. I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there's one God, good, that's fine. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. And then verse 20, you foolish person, or you naive person, or another way of translating it, you simpleton, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him. It was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Verse 24, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So that's the passage that we can all read for ourselves in James chapter 2. And it's an example of two parts that are needed, faith and actions, faith and deeds. Verse 22, his faith and his actions were working together. And this is what I want to emphasize, this phrase, working together. Now, if you're sitting next to someone who you like and enjoy being with, turn to them and just say this phrase, working together. His faith was made complete by what he did. Here's the phrase, made complete. And then the last statement, the scripture was fulfilled. Fulfilled. And that means to be filled up or filled full. So Yaakov understood something. It's not just faith. It's not just an action, it's not an either or, it's not one thing alone, it's both and, both working together. Now, if you take these ideas, they can be very practical for married couples. They can be practical not just for Levites and not just for Kohanim and not just for leaders, but for everybody But for married couples, this can be very, very useful, especially where one tends to see the positive and the other tends to see the negative. The scriptures are teaching us that both points of view are needed. How many times did I make the mistake myself of choosing to look only at the positive and ignore the negative? Oy, when I think about that... Oh, I've made that mistake. And some of you have made that mistake too. And if you've ever made that kind of mistake where you only looked at one side, you only looked at the positive, and you ignored the negative, just join me in saying, Oi, oi. You see, we can make this type of mistake. It's one sided thinking. Now I want to consider another example. It's a good one, it's very practical. It has to do with buildings, and in particular, our buildings, the buildings of this synagogue, Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue. And some of you might be thinking to yourselves, well, buildings aren't spiritual. Spiritual things are spiritual. Physical things are only physical. But the Lord said to Moses, make for me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. He spoke that word to Moses, and he showed Moses details about the sanctuary, and he spoke that scripture to Sandy. It was a word that gave her clarity and vision and understanding. God gave vision to build a sanctuary, the one that he wanted, and it would be a physical place for him to dwell with his people, the physical and the spiritual together. And so the design, the details that the Lord gave were part of the vision. So think about this, design, architecture, buildings, these can also be spiritual. Let there be an encouragement to all the architects. I want to encourage every architect who's, who's hearing this or watching this, uh, every designer, everyone who's a builder, everyone who's involved in the construction field. Your work is very physical, but it also can have a spiritual sign. Think about this. It's not just about worship. It's not just about prayer. It's not just about faith. Even buildings are important. That's why God spoke to Moses and said, Build for me a sanctuary that the people, uh, that I may dwell among them. Because that gathering together in a place is very important. And the Lord spoke that to Moses, and the Lord gave and Sandy some vision about that as well. She sees things, I've learned, and she initiated a trip to Budapest in Holland for a group of us from Beth Israel, 13 of us, uh, back in 2007 and we went together to see some places that Sandy knew would inspire and envision this group for our future synagogue. The people who went on the trip were able to get a glimpse of what Sandy had seen, and she understood it was gonna be useful for the future. We saw some of the elements and features um, that Sandy had in mind, water and expanses of glass, and at the time, Beth Israel's sanctuary in in a different place was without windows or natural light. So after that, for several years, Sandy and a team of us looked for a new space, but we didn't find it. And if you're a newcomer, you should know something. Many people in the past, from the Beth Jacob days, the earliest days of Beth Jacob and onward, have made this synagogue possible. People have given generously and sacrificially. People have served for years and years and years with love and commitment. People have stayed committed through the ups and downs. A lot of people have contributed financially and a lot of money. And it's important for us to honor and appreciate all those who from the earliest days did their part. Thank you, friends, for your faithfulness, for your generosity. Now let's let's go back to the story. At the at the end of our search for property, we were ready to give up. We were visiting the property that was perhaps the best of what we had discovered. Maybe the best of the worst it turned out to be. It was a flex warehouse space. And when we considered how much work it was going to take and how much money and what the end result was going to be, we realized it just wasn't good enough. Now, the only one who didn't give up at that time was Sandy. She was going on vision and faith and hard work together. Now, at that point, I was out of steam, but she was still going strong. And that day... She kept talking to the owner's representative, Dan Santinga, and she was talking to him and she told him about some of the things that were stirring in us and even um, about that trip that we had made in 2007. And it turned out that Dan Santinga came from a Dutch family background. And Sandy said, oh, the Dutch, we love the Dutch. And she told him the story of going to Holland. She told him about the many uh, Dutch friends that we had and deeply valued the great experiences we've had in the Netherlands. And something happened at that moment. She pulled out of Dan that there was yet one more property. And so we headed there and it was, it was amazing. Eric Painter and Brian Stone drove up to this property. They saw it and this was their response. This is it. This is the place. You see, they had been on that visionary trip to Budapest and to Holland, and they had seen a retreat center called De Braun, which is Dutch for the source, on the trip in 2007. And now it was 2011, it was four years later, and they saw this property. And the property here, in so many ways, fit the vision. It was on water. It was a beautiful lake. It had expanses of glass. In so many ways, it fit the vision. There were so many positives. But the condition of the buildings and the circumstances didn't fit in. The buildings had strengths and good qualities, but there were also deficiencies. And the question is, could those deficiencies be fixed? For, for many of us, the deficiencies were overwhelming. You see, some of the spaces were not occupied and some of the spaces were already leased and being used. There were three buildings that were connected and one that was separate. And the three buildings together were divided into six different spaces. The separate building was divided into two different spaces. And so everything was kind of chopped up with different tenants and, and availabilities, and it just looked impossible. But Sandy had vision and faith, and she understood the work and the action that was needed. She knew how many different rooms we would need at Beth Israel. She'd been keeping track of the spaces and uh, the uses for those rooms. She knew what spaces would need to be together and which should be separated. Now, for those of you who are in the sanctuary right now, I want you to look around. It's a beautiful sanctuary. But when we looked at this space, when we first came to this building, what is now the sanctuary was a hodgepodge of offices, a conference room, two different entrances and foyers, ceilings that were barely eight feet high, two bathrooms and a break room. But look at it now. It's a beautiful space with a soaring ceiling, a beautiful arc, a Tamid commissioned just for us, and an incredible view onto the lake. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of money, a lot of vision, a lot of skill. You see, it takes effort. It takes vision. It takes cooperation. It takes perseverance. It's important for all these things to work together. We can look at the... Good parts. We can look at the the challenging parts and the difficulties. We can see those both and make a clear assessment when we don't have just one-sided thinking and we're willing to look at everything that's necessary. Now, Sandy's vision that Beth Israel would be a home place for us, that the synagogue and space would be a home place for us is being realized. Since COVID. There's a lot to be renewed at Beth Israel, and so much of the vision that guides us and has guided us needs to be renewed and refreshed. The vision from Sandy that Beth Israel would be an ark, it's a call to preservation, it's a call to diversity, and it takes the vision, it takes the faith, it takes the work, it takes the prayer, it takes the design, it takes the space planning, it takes the money, it takes the generosity, it takes the faithfulness, it takes the time, it takes the commitment to Jewish identity and worship. It takes the hard work of Jews and non-Jews learning to love each other and work together for our common good and calling. It takes leadership, It takes the initiative, it takes the understanding, it takes the wisdom, it takes the perseverance. You see, it takes it all. There's not just one key. There are many keys. And we must remember or we will not be able to renew and refresh every ministry and every distinctive that makes Beth Israel precious to us all. This remembering is essential to our renewal, but it may be a challenge for those who are relatively new or very new to the congregation because you don't have the memories, you don't have the experiences. So it's important to hear the stories so that you can connect with the rest of us. When we look at our strengths and we look at our weaknesses together and we understand this is essential to make assessments and effective evaluations, then we are finding a better way than one-sided thinking. And this approach will also give us clear thinking. That's the work ahead that Sandy and I are giving ourselves to and we're calling all of you to as well. Let it be as in days of old, that those whose spirits are stirred and those whose hearts are willing will give themselves and give of themselves and serve the high calling of vision and renewal that God has for us now. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for the vision that you share with us. We thank you, Lord, for the actions that you call us to take. Thank you that all these things work together. Give us confidence, Lord, as we assess and evaluate. Let us renew and refresh the vision that you have given us and entrusted to us and that we carry as a mantle on our shoulders, that we might fulfill the work you've called us to in Yeshua's name. Amen. In a moment, we're going to be closing with Aaron's blessing, and I can't see you who are in the sanctuary, though you can see me. I'm going to ask you to stand. I understand you know that we've renewed that custom, though some people have to um, still maintain uh, social distance, and it's important to respect that. Some need to be... Um, continuing to be in their separate spaces. But for those who are gathering together, um, we'll give you time to do that. But for everyone, um, would you consider standing with us financially? And if this service in the sanctuary, if this live stream, or if our Messianic Jewish uh, Teachings podcast is a blessing to you, would you consider blessing our ministry as well? All the information is at our webpage, com slash giving. And let's close with Aaron's blessing. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace, his shalom, in the name of the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom, Yeshua, our Messiah. So from Sandy and me and the entire Beth Israel team, thanks for joining us, everyone. Shabbat Shalom.